If we could stand for the reading of God's Word, I'd appreciate that. Thank you so much. We'll honor His Word. Uh, it matters so much what you believe about God. And even more what you believe about Christ. What you believe about Jesus will decide your eternal future. What you believe about Jesus will decide whether you spend eternity in heaven or in hell. That's what Jesus said. And there's a lot of things floating around about Jesus these days. That's why I started this series, Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? Because we need to get to know who the real Jesus is. And there's only one way to find out, and that's in his word. That's in his word. That's the only place you're going to really find out who he really is. And so I'm going to call this today Truly Human, Truly God. Because when Jesus was on earth, he was truly human and he was truly God. God. Duh. God. Not a good guy walking around in sandals with long, pretty blonde hair and blue eyes and Hollywood handsome. No. When Jesus looked at you, God was looking at you. And he read your mail, knew all about you. Now, I want to read uh, out of Philippians 2. One of the most beautiful sets of passages about who Jesus really is. And I want us to pay real close attention to this because I want to deal with something today where there's some bad teaching going around about Jesus. And, and listen, if the church doesn't understand who Jesus is and really gets our Christology down, in other words, what you believe about Jesus, what you know about him, then how are we going to tell the world? If we're not straight, how are we going to tell the world how to get straight? So we got to understand who Jesus is. Amen? So let's read Philippians 2.5. Paul the Apostle, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who as he already existed, re read this carefully everybody, as he already existed in the form of God. So he pre-existed, as God. Now, he did not consider equality with God something he had to grasp for. In other words, he said, it's understood that I'm God. I don't have to grasp for it. All right? But now verse 7 is my verse. Watch carefully. It says, but he emptied himself when he went to come down to earth. He emptied himself. How did he empty himself? By taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men. So notice, when he emptied himself, he didn't leave his godness in heaven. No. How did he empty himself? By becoming a servant. That's how he emptied himself, by becoming a servant. Okay? Read on. Verse 8, being found in appearance as a Real man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, all the way to death on a terrible cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee is going to bow. Of those who are in heaven, those who are on earth, and those under there, that covered everybody. Under the earth, devils 
are going to have to say, Jesus is Lord. All right? To the glory of God the Father. So, we're, we're going to get some things down today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessing on it. Thank you that it will not return to me void. It won't return to you void. Thank you that it will do what it's sent for to accomplish. Thank you for changing us by the word and giving us clear understanding of who Jesus is and was and always will be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Tell your neighbor, truly human, truly God, and you can be seated. Amen. Now, the reason I'm doing this, this, this little series on uh, Will the Real Jesus Please Stand Up is because false Jesuses and badly taught Jesuses are springing up everywhere. Huh? I, now, I think we can all agree that nobody likes to be misrepresented or mischaracterized. I don't. If you, if you talk about me, I want the truth told about me. I don't want you to mischaracterize me or misrepresent me. How many of you feel the same way? I mean, you want somebody to be, be honest and, you know, be fair to you. So if we don't appreciate when somebody misrepresents or mischaracterizes us, then what do you think God feels if he's misrepresented or mischaracterized? Because a lot of people believe in God. The question is, what God do you believe in? Because a lot of people make up their own God. And misrepresent the real God. But it's one thing to get God wrong, but it's another thing totally to misrepresent or mischaracterize Jesus. Because that's dangerous. Because if you misrepresent or mischaracterize Jesus, people's eternal futures are at stake. So we need to be real sure that we get Jesus right, that we understand who Jesus really is. Paul was so strong on this. He said, if anybody preaches any other gospel, any other Christ... To you, then what you have received, let him be accursed. Well, that's strong language. But that's how he felt. If anybody gives you a mischaracterized, misrepresented, skewed, uh, half right, half wrong picture of Jesus, then let him be accursed. Paul was so big on, we got to preach the real Christ, the real gospel, the real thing, so that people can be really saved. Now, in Matthew 24, his disciples said, what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? What's going to be the sign? What can we look for? First thing out of his mouth, Jesus said, be real careful that nobody deceives you. And then he goes on four times in one chapter to warn against deception. You want to know what it's going to be like before I come again? The earth is going to have a pandemic of deception. And it will revolve around me. False Christ. Not only people saying I am Christ, but people teaching a wrong Christ. There's going to be a pandemic of deception. It's going to flood the earth. It's going to be everywhere you turn. Deception. Satanic deception. Designed to take you away. He said, beware lest any man deceive you. The word deceive there, as I shared last week, means to stray, to roam, to wander, to be carried away, to drift. And that's the goal of all false teaching. False Christ and false prophesying and false prophets. It is to take, first of all, true children of God away from the real shepherd and cause them to roam, to drift, 
to stray, to get away, to get far from him. This is the way of real sheep. Real sheep are not the brightest bulbs in the room. Right? A, a sheep will do this. A sheep will, he'll start grazing. He'll start eating good green grass. And he'll just start eating. He'll eat himself away from the shepherd. He'll get farther and further from the shepherd. He's not paying attention to the shepherd. He's just eating and walking and eating and walking. And before you know it, the shepherd is far away. And that little sheep doesn't know any better. And that little sheep, and Jesus compared us to sheep, so did Isaiah. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everybody to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So all we like sheep have gone astray. We do, we do what a real sheep does. And so they get out there. And as they get out there, they get lost. And when they get lost, they lay down to rest. And they roll on their back and they become what is called cast. C-A-S-T. Cast. Cast means I'm on my back. I can't get back up. And their little legs will flail. And if a shepherd doesn't find them, the gases build up in their body. And that little sheep will die or he'll be found by wolves. The thing is, he's gotten to the place where he can't get back up. He can't get back up. And that's what happens to some believers. They're just eating, doing life, and they don't realize they're getting further and further from the shepherd. They're drifting from the word, drifting from prayer, drifting from church. They get away. And they get out there far away. And then one day they can't get back up. I can't make it on my own. I can't get back on my own. And, and the shepherd, that's why Jesus talked about the 90 and 9 and how the shepherd will leave the 90 and 9 to go find one. Because when a sheep gets cast, it's 911 time. Because if the shepherd doesn't find him in time, he's going to perish. So he'll leave 99 good ones to go find the lost one, knowing that time is of the essence. So he gets out there, and when he finds that little sheep, here's the sheep, he can't get up. The shepherd will stand him up and begin to rub his legs because all the blood circulation has gone out of his legs. And he starts rubbing his legs, and the blood gets, begins to circulate in the legs again. He carries this little sheep. That's why so many pictures of Jesus show him carrying a sheep on his shoulder because that's carrying back a, a cast sheep. You can be in church and be cast. You can be out of church and be cast. The whole motive and intent and goal and target of false prophets, false teachers, and false messages and bad teaching on Jesus is to get you away where you find yourself cast. Oh man, I used to walk with him. I used to be there every time the door was opened. I used to be so excited about Jesus. I had the fire in my bones. And I don't know what happened. But now I just can't get back. I need help. And I want you to know that Jesus, is, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He finds cast sheep and stands them on their feet again. 
He will find you. He will find you. But you've got to call out in his name. And so, so I want you to understand the danger of deception. And to lost people who have never known Jesus, the whole intent of false Christ prophets and teachings is to keep you away from the real Savior, to misrepresent and mischaracterize him where you never find the real thing. And so I, I want to talk to you today. I came to preach Jesus up and the devil down. I want to tell you who the real Jesus is. Right? Social media has given such a platform to false teachers and false prophets. It is amazing. They're everywhere. There's a prophet on every corner on social media. There's a few that are okay, but so many of them, it's just hot air and it's deception. And that social media and all the platforms it offers has become the pipeline for so much false teaching, false Christ, presenting false, uh, false teachers, presenting false Christ. And one of the latest ones, and here we're going to have a little bit of doctrine today. Now, what's doctrine? Doctrine is just teaching. It's just teaching what the word says. That's all doctrine is. It's not a dry, dead word. It is teaching the living, breathing, pulsating word of God. It's preaching the, the word of God. So, but I want us to get our Jesus straight. How many of you want to understand who Jesus really is? Well, that's kind of underwhelming. How many of you want to get who Jesus really is? All right. One of the latest uh, false teachings going around about Jesus is really being pushed out there it's in a lot of places, is that when Jesus left heaven and came to earth by way of the virgin birth, he left all of his divinity behind in heaven, and all he was on earth was a man. It claims that while on earth he was not both divine and human. So it's taken away from Jesus, his deity. And if Jesus isn't deity, then what are we doing here? If Jesus wasn't God, then what are we doing here? A good man didn't walk on the water. Just a good man did not multiply fishes and loaves. Just a good man didn't shine like the sun. No, no. He, but, but this teaching contends that none of the miracles he did were performed by him as God. They were done by faith in the same way that we would. But they, he didn't do any of them as God. So it's taken away from him while he was on earth as deity. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That distinguishes him from son. Begotten means he came from heaven. God was his father. He didn't have an earthly father. Joseph was his stepfather. Because Jesus' real father was God. And that means he was God, the son. Are you with me, everybody? Let, let me quote one of these teachers, very well known. I'm not going to give a name. I don't do names. You can figure it out if you want to. But this, this individual is extremely well known in some circles. And here's what he taught. While Jesus is eternally God, he emptied himself of his divine powers and became a man. Now stop. We just read, how did he empty himself? By becoming a servant. But here's, here it is. Here comes a skewed Jesus. He emptied himself, they say, of his divine powers 
and then became a man. Then he goes on to say it's vital to note that he did all his miracles as a man, not as God. And this individual would be received in all kinds of places. But what he just taught was called the kenosis heresy. That when Jesus came to earth, he was just a man. Do you know the Mormons teach that? Do you know the Jehovah's Witnesses teach that? Yet here it is being taught to hundreds of thousands of Christians. No, 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 we got to get our Jesus straight. Right? So the crux of this teaching argues that the incarnate Christ gave up his deity or lessened his deity to come and be with us. So here's the question. While on earth, was Jesus ever less than fully God? Careful now. When Jesus came to earth, was he ever less? Was he a diminished God? Was he a watered down God? Was he part God? It's getting better now. Now, why should this even matter? Oh, I'm going to show you why this matters. Let me give you one good reason. If he left his divinity in heaven and was only human on earth, then the Bible is wrong in what it says about him. If, if, he, if he left his divinity in heaven when he came to earth and on earth he was only a man, then the Bible is not telling us the truth and the Bible is wrong. And if you go into the Bible being wrong, everything is in trouble. What's true and what isn't? Let me give you some examples of how Jesus, I, I'm going I'm, I'm to teach you today that when Jesus was on earth, he was truly human, truly God, truly God, truly human, all at once. And you say, well, I don't understand that. I don't either, but I accept it by faith because that's what the Bible tells me. Okay. Here's what it says about Jesus. In his personal conversation in John 17, he's talking to the father. It's called the high priestly prayer. He's talking to the father and it's very near his, his uh, crucifixion and resurrection. And so the time of his being on earth is coming to a close and Jesus, God, the son asked God, the father in an equal to equal kind of way for the return of his glory. I want my glory back. But now watch this. He never mentions the return of his power or his attributes or his deity because he never left them. In John 1, 1 through 14, watch this. John clearly lays out who Jesus was. This is so powerful. First of all, he said the word was God. The word Jesus was God. All right. So he was deity. Then he says that he was in the beginning with God. So he never he, he was never created. He never began. He always was. So he was in the beginning of the creation of everything we see. He was in the beginning with God. So he was eternal. All things were made through him, John says. So he was creator. And John says the word, God the Son, became flesh. God the Son wrapped himself in humanity, wrapped himself in flesh. He became truly human. He became truly human. But in becoming truly human, he remained truly God. I know this is, this is not milk. This is T-bone steak. 
but I want us to get this today. Please get this today because I don't want you deceived about who Jesus is. It doesn't tell us that God is, that to become human, he quit being God. How does God un-God himself? You don't un-God God. God is God. He doesn't un-God himself and then re-God himself. God is God. And he stays that way. Now let me show you three ways that Jesus manifested being God while he was on earth. To show you he didn't leave his deity in heaven. He was always And then I'm going to tell you one more good reason why it's so crucial. We understand that while he was on earth, he was truly God. First of all, he was omniscient. Everybody say all-knowing. Jesus was all-knowing. In in John 11, 11, we read that when Jesus was 50 miles away from the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, Mary and Martha sent messengers to him and they told him, Lazarus is sick. Now, they didn't say how sick, they didn't say how bad sick, just sick. 50 miles away, then they went back. That was a two-day journey. Then Jesus, two days later, still 50 miles away, told his disciples, Lazarus is dead. Well, wait a minute, there's no email, there's no phones, there's no iPhone, flip phone, any kind of phone, there's no messenger There's no way for him to know that Lazarus, who they were told was just sick, Jesus told them exactly when he died. How did he know that? He's 50 miles away. Because he was God. He was God on earth. That's why when you hear about Jesus, don't take him lightly. Because he's the one that's going to be standing at the end of time judging the living and the dead. Because he was God, the Son. Amen? So how do you know that Lazarus was dead? He was God. Then he's omnipotent. I call this the three omnis. Omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. Three omnis. He was omnipotent, all-powerful. In Luke 7, 14, John eleven forty four, 44, and Luke 8, Jesus raised Two men and a young girl from the stone cold dead. He talked to dead bodies and told them to wake up, get up, stand up, eat something and start life again. A good man can't do that. An inspirational personality can't do that. Only God can raise the dead. And Jesus, as God the Son, raised three dead people and gave them back to their loved ones. Can you imagine losing your little girl? And here comes Jesus into the room, takes her by the hand, tells her to get up, and he presents her alive to you. That was Jesus. So only God could do that. And then he was omnipresent. means everywhere at once. Now he had a body, so he was in one place locationally, but omnipresent in the sense that he knew what was going on everywhere. Because in John 1, Jesus tells Nathanael, whose brother Philip had told him about Jesus. Philip told Nathanael about Jesus. And when Nathanael met Jesus, here's what Jesus said to him. Before Philip called you, told you about me, when you were under that fig tree, I saw you. That just gave me Holy Ghost bumps right? 
Jesus is saying, hey, Nathaniel, let me tell you something. Even though I was nowhere in the proximity of you, I saw you. Because you're not talking to a regular man. You're talking to God, the Son. He didn't give up his deity to come to earth. Colossians 1.19, he pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. When should all the fullness of the Godhead dwell? When he was on the earth before he died on the cross. By him to reconcile all things to himself through the blood of his cross. So before the cross, Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead was dwelling in him. So did he leave his deity in heaven? No, he did not. He did not change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't it good to know we serve a God that does not change? Does not change. Here's the biggest issue and the one I want to bring home today. And here's why it's important that we understand that on earth, he was truly God, truly human, truly human, truly God. He was not for one microsecond separated from his deity. Here's why. If the God-man who died on the cross was not both fully God and fully man, then the integrity of the, the atonement that purchased our salvation is null and void. You know why? Because the blood that redeemed us was the blood of God. This is why Jesus had to come. Because he had to be the sacrificed lamb. He had to offer himself up for your sin and mine. If he had not done that as God the Son, we would not be redeemed. Because it took God the Son with a pure, un, listen, he never sinned. God made him to be sin for us who never knew sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So, so it was necessary that God the Son shed his blood for you and me. And listen to what Paul said in Acts 20, 28. He's talking to some church elders and he commands them to quote. It's up here. Shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with what? His own blood. Whose blood? The church of God which he, God, purchased with his, God's own blood. Does that make you thankful? The Bible says God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. God was in Christ, hanging on the cross, If he had been any less than God, then his blood sacrifice would not have been sufficient to redeem us. So why is it important that we teach while Jesus was on earth? He was fully God, fully human, fully human, fully God. He didn't leave his deity anywhere. It was intact in him. When he died on the cross, he, God the Son died for us. And that's what was necessary for our atonement, for the atonement and our redemption and us being purchased off the slave block of sin. Are you thankful that Jesus went all the way to the cross? So, in short, 
He was truly human. Listen to the Bible. He was born in the likeness of men. We got it. Truly human. Romans 8, 3. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours are sinful and his was not. Now here's how this matters to you and me and I'm going to close. As a human, Jesus experienced need. He experienced weariness, infirmities, temptations, pain, disappointment, hunger, and thirst, resembling us in all things human, yet without sinning. And that's why in your struggle and my struggles, he not only is aware of it, but he steps into our pain with us because he understands it. Hebrews 4.15, we don't have a high priest, or we do have a high priest. We have a high priest who can feel it when we are weak and hurting. We have a high priest who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, but he did not sin. In your struggles this week, he felt it. He didn't just know it, but he stepped into your pain with you because Jesus was truly human and felt what it was like. See Jesus on the mountaintop with his three disciples glowing brighter than the noonday sun. That's the truly God. But see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane sweating, as it were, great drops of blood, praying, Father, if there's any way other than this one, let, show it to me. That's the truly human See Jesus walking on the water and defying the laws of gravity. There you have the truly God. But see him on the cross saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There you've got the truly human. He was both in one. When he walked around on earth, he walked around with two natures in one body. Truly human, truly God. Amen. When the sun is covered up by a cloud or in an eclipse, there's no real change in its heat. Uh, its rays are not extinguished. Uh, it's never changed. It's only concealed behind a cloud. When Jesus was on earth, especially growing up in Mary and Joseph's house, carpenter, building chairs and benches and I don't know what all, but he worked with his hands, knew what it was like to be human, Jesus grew up a blue-collar worker. Don't you know he was a delight to live with? He never said anything wrong, did anything wrong. He never got whooped. Don't you know that his half-brothers were bugged with him finally? How come you never get in trouble? Because I happen to be God. Oh, really? You'll see one day. And later, later, like Jude, who was one of his half-brothers in a little letter that he wrote, Jude, called him my Lord and my God. But wait a minute, he was your bro. No, he wasn't my bro. He was God concealed. But now I know because I've seen him as God revealed. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together, can we?
I'm so thankful to the Lord Jesus that as God, the son, he didn't stop coming to earth. He became a servant. He didn't stop there. He went all the way to the cross and gave that blood he shed for you and for me. Are you thankful that the blood of Jesus has covered your sin? Oh, you bet. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that God came to earth, walked among us, talked among us, experienced what we did, gave his life for us, and rose from the dead. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you a question. Forget about everybody here. Forget about the person next to you. I just want to talk to you, just you and me. Let me talk. Listen, do you know that Jesus is your Savior? Have you ever said, Jesus, forgive me and come into my heart? I'm not here to point a finger at you. I was saved in a juvenile home when I was 16 years old. Who am I to point a finger at anybody? I'm not here to condemn you. But I am here to ask you, first of all, are you maybe sitting here in church, but you're cast? You've drifted. You didn't even mean to, but you drifted. And now you're sort of flailing and you can't get back where you were. And you need God to help you to get back where you were. I want to pray with you because let me tell you something. He can pick you up today. Get the circulation going in your legs again today. Get you back walking with God today. Get you back on your spiritual feet today. You can leave today with a great weight lifted off your shoulders. Or have you ever said, Jesus, come into my heart? You can do it today. I did it there in juvenile home. I was the only one that night that did it. But I'm so glad that God touched me and strengthened me to do it. Because I was saved at 16. Where are you in your life today? Doesn't matter if you're old or young, you can come to him now. And those of you watching online, you can come right now. You can pray right now with me, right where you are. And the same spirit of God that's in this sanctuary is where you are knocking on the door of your heart. So I'm going to pray this prayer and say, pray this with me. You can do it. You can pray right now. God's as close to you as a prayer. So pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead so that I could be saved. Forgive me of my sin. I turn to you and I place my faith in you as Savior and Lord. And forgive me, Lord, for drifting. I don't want to remain cast I want to get back in the fold, back close to the shepherd, back where I used to be. So help me today, Jesus. Forgive me and strengthen me to come home. In Jesus' name, amen. Now with every head bowed for just a moment, just stay bowed for a moment. If you prayed that prayer with me, I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise, but will you lift your hand up and say, I prayed that with you. One of those two prayers, I prayed it with you. 
Put them up high. I see you. I see you. Way back in the back. God bless you. And way over here, several people, many people. I want you to look at me. If your hand is raised, look at me. I'm just talking to you guys now. I want to meet you as soon as I dismiss the church service, which is in a couple of minutes. Uh, I want you to come down and I'm going to give you something that I've written for you that you've got to read. You're the first ones to get it today. Today is the first time they've been handed out. I want you to have them. And I want to pray with you and rejoice with you one more time. So don't think, well, I got to get out of the, here and get to the restaurant before I can't get to the table. You come down and honor God. God will give you a good seat at the restaurant. I'm just saying that in faith. All right. But I want you to come down and I want you to pray with me in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as soon as I dismiss, you come. All right. How many of you are glad you came to church today? Amen. 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 So if you're on social media and you hear somebody say, yeah, when Jesus went to heaven or came down from heaven, he left all of his deity up there. How quick can you turn that off? Because don't let them steal. God had to die on that cross. Amen. 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 Amen.